We're happy to make podcasts available for selected ed webinars for your listening pleasure. If you'd like to receive a CE certificate, you must watch the video recording. Recordings and quizzes can be found in the EdWebinar archives. Please visit home.edweb.net slash podcasts for more information. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's presentation entitled Literacy with a Why, How Connecting Literacy and Career Can Transform Kids' Futures. We are so excited to know that we have a large audience today registered, and which lets us know that we are not only touching on something relevant, but also a timely topic. As you sign in, please let us know where you're joining us from. Our expectations today is that we will have a great conversation connecting career paths to literacy and the why that sets the stage in changing and transforming the trajectory for kids and their future. I'm Donna Wright, and I will be um, the one moderating uh, today's presentation. And uh, I'm a retired school superintendent and have been in the field of K-12 education for well over 45 years. And to say that I'm excited about today's relevant topic is an understatement. This is something, again, that I get, think when I look at just as the people are signing in, coming in from all over the country, well, looks like we could have some international uh, uh, registers, uh, registries as well, that this is something of importance. Now, I am really excited to introduce our experts that will be on this panel presentation. It's a little different. It's going to be a presentation with also a panel uh, conversation as well. And so with that, I would like each of our uh, speakers to introduce themselves before we start the presentation. And Dr. Migashiro, if you will lead off, please. Thank you, Donna. Aspiring retired superintendent, <laughs> the current <laughs> superintendent in Cajon Valley School District. Excited to be here with you today. Ed? Thank you, Dr. Miyashiro. Ed Hidalgo, I'm an advisor in the space of career development. Um, have had the pleasure of working with Dr. Miyashiro and seeing his amazing work and leadership, as well as our other panelists. It's a pleasure to be here today. Susan. Hi, I'm Susan Gertler. I am the Chief Academic Officer with Beable Education. Really excited to be here with all of you and with Dr. Mishiro. Ed, so great to, to share this panel with you. And Saki, I'll hand off to you. Thank you. I'm Saki Dodelson, um, the founder and CEO of Beable. I'm honored to be here today. And for everybody, my accent is from Tel Aviv, so you don't have to wonder. And really can't wait to learn more today. Thank you, panel. Thank you. Okay, literacy with a why, how connecting literacy and career can transform kids' futures. Our hope that the takeaway at the end of this presentation is that when kids come to know their why, their interests, their values, their strengths and aspirations, education takes on a new meaning and achievement takes flight. In this panel, you'll hear from Dr. Mishiro. You will hear as far as what his story, his journey, as far as uh, what took place in his School district, you'll hear from the career development expert Ed Hidalgo about how they have and other districts are providing career exploration based on kids' interests, the most significant predictor of success, while at the same time building the literacy skills required by students' jobs of choice. David and Ed will also be joined by the founders of Beable, the platform Cajon Valley and districts nationwide are using to enable the literacy to career connection in school, after school, and at home. So, with that, we are going to start.
start with Saki Dodelson, who, again, the proud sponsor and CEO of Beable, if she will walk us through as far as what sets the tone for the conversation we're going to have today. Saki. Thank you, Donna. And again, so happy to be here today. We know how much we like to say that we are all born equal. It makes us feel good. But we all know that it's far away from the truth. And we have so many kids that are born into a challenge environment. And we all want to look at them straight in the eyes and say, your path to gainful employment, your path to equity, you know, is right here. And we know that after the pandemic and before the pandemic, the biggest challenge that we have is the gap in literacy. We have between 67% of our eighth grader reading three grades below to 70% of our 10th graders are reading five grades below. And after the pandemic, I heard someone say that it was actually a gap year. It's not only the literacy loss that we had, but we actually had a gap year. And as an answer, we all worldwide, just worldwide, we just pushed the student forward. So students did not go to third grade, they just moved up to fourth grade. They did not go to sixth grade, they were just moved forward to uh, eighth grade. So for us, when we think about how do we close the opportunity gap? How do we make sure that all kids are on the path to gainful employment with understanding that all kids, that literacy is in the heart of all jobs, is the idea was, can we create a why? Can every student have their why for literacy? We have no doubt that if every student understands their why, understands their mission, can see their path, to gainful employment, can understand and be exposed to as many opportunities as we could share with them, they're going to be a different future. So that's the goal of, of Beable. So who we are, we are a woman-owned, and for every uh, male in the audience, women do things much better. We're public benefit, so the mission is what drives us. And most of us are uh, the same R&D teams that actually created Achieve 3000. So we have a lot of knowledge of what it takes to do differentiation, what it takes to close the gap when it comes to literacy. But the beauty of what we're doing here is we have three awesome partners. We have Metrics that said, let's see what we can do with a fully computer adaptive assessment. What did we learn in the last 20 years with Lexile that utilize a new technology we can do better? We have the world of work with uh, David leading it. University of San Diego that is leading with uh, essential skills and the whole child. And the idea for us, can we utilize the latest technology, machine learning, wisdom of the crowd to take what we learn from the world of work, what we learn from what we need to know about the whole child, what we learned in the last 20 years with Lexile, what we learned with the best uh, in literacy and in differentiation, and we can recreate a new platform, a new partnership that actually will extend all teachers We'll give students a path they need with just-in-time, step-by-step to gainful employment, give the parents what they need and the community. So let me share with you a little bit. The idea for us is, again, using AI, machine learning, wisdom of the crowd to actually create a platform in today's days that actually could do more than one thing in one time. So the idea of being multi-dimension, the goal is literacy, literacy acceleration like nobody ever did, five times expected gain, understanding that we want students to be willing to give us time, 
to be willing to be so excited and give us time after hours on the weekend to utilize the whole child, knowing the whole child, knowing the student's strengths, interests, and value, knowing and exposing them to as many dreams, many careers as possible, ensuring that they're going to pass the ACT and SAT because we want to make sure that every student finishing school with a high school diploma and making sure that the whole child, exposing them to career, understanding ACT and SAT, will ensure better academic. So the idea is, is not to have four different initiatives, but have one initiative that is intertwined, and the results is better academic. The results is gainful employment. So again, for us, is the idea is that every teacher, what we love, what the best thing is in schools, the best uh, solution is the best teachers. And we have such awesome educators. If I felt that educators were Mother Teresa before the pandemic, during the pandemic, they became you know, even more holy for me. For us, when we talk about technology, is only the ability to be efficient, the ability to take all methodologies and put it into one platform and automatically push differentiation for the right student, push more time on test for students, the ability for teachers to extend their reach to more students, the ability for teachers to extend their reach to more homes, the ability for students to have more time on tests, the ability for students to have choices. So the idea for us is to take one platform, add all the best methodologies that we know have research and give us more ROI, ensuring that career is intertwined in everything we do, that the whole child, we respect all kids all the time, all teachers. And let me share with you how we did it. So we created, again, the best IQ system that has four pillars, the learner record, forecaster, accelerated, and test prep. Each one of them is an aha moment. Each one of them is the best out there. Uh, each one of them will ensure that it's intertwined, that is automatically pushed to the student, and ensuring that it's actually on the path to gainful employment. Before I give it to uh, David, I'll say a few more words. The learner record ensures that every student has a first LinkedIn page starting from K and will take them all the way to nursing home. Is a learner record, we'll know everything about the student from what's their lexile to what is their interest, strengths, value, where they want to live, what's their favorite food. Taking us to a forecast, an automatic system that will tell every student, every parent where their child is, how far they are you know, from gainful employment, from ACT, from military, from grade level, from graduation, to the accelerators that will push exact methodologies to every student, time on task, accelerations, into test prep. So the combination of all four pillars will take us to the gainful employment. I would like to uh, give it back to Dana. Okay. Thank you, Saki. And now we're going to transition to David. And David, this is something that, you know, is really a magical journey as far as what you and Ed have done. But if you'll take us as far as going back to your why and take us through the story and the journey as far as the transformation that took place in your school district. Thanks, Donna. I'm going to start my six-minute timer. And <laughs> I want to give credit to the people that are not sitting there. So those five seats that you're looking at, that's where our governing board meets, the five elected officials who make this work possible. So I'm grateful to them for allowing us to change our mission and vision 
it didn't used to be happy kids, healthy relationships on a path to gainful employment. Those came about over the last decade. You can't see on the back emblem, uh, best place to live, work, play, and raise the family. That's a mission that the city of El Cajon, the Chamber of Commerce, and the district share together, a mission that serves the entire community. Uh, but these started with conversations with people and starting with parents and students. When they come to school, the kids want to feel safe. They, they want to know who they're going to sit with at lunch. They want to know that their teachers are going to be nice to them and help them when they have questions. Um, parents want their kids to be safe. They want to know that when they pick them up, they're going to be unscathed and tell them about the joyful things that happen in school. And the last part was a conversation that started my first year as superintendent with uh, Doug Williford. He's our retired city manager. And I asked Doug, I said, Doug, you oversee the police department, the fire department, public works, everything that's taxpayer funded except the schools. If we were yours, what would you have us do? And I'll always remember this conversation with Doug. He said, David, you guys need to stop stigmatizing labor. You guys need to stop stigmatizing the most important work of this country. And then he talked about the Navy and the Marines. We have an amazing Marine base and, and Naval base here in San Diego with civilian and non-civilian jobs that you don't even show as options for your students. And, and the admirals, by the way, they don't want kids that drop out and, and see this as a fallback. They want your best and brightest to come to aspire to serve our country. And all these conversations about what the school system wasn't doing, no one's ever talked to me like that before. So with conversations with Doug and then some of the, the leaders in public service, having them come back to speak with our school board members to talk about, you know, what should the district be focusing on if economic mobility, if economic thriving for our community, and, and those parts of the conversation were important. The next thing I did was I met with Peter Kalstrom, who is the CEO of our San Diego Workforce Partnership. And the piece of data he shared with me was opportunities. Kids that are age 16 to 24, that are not working and not in school. And El Cajon had a large percentage of that. Basically, we said, that's our fault. If kids are not engaged in the system at all, then we've failed somewhere along the path before they even got to middle school. And so that's where the conversations about happy kids, healthy relationships on a path to gainful employment came. Happy kids, we define that as kids that are self-aware, have self-esteem and self-efficacy belief. They believe that what they're doing now is going to impact their, their life outcomes. Healthy relationships, which is really hard in today's political climate, no matter what part of the country you're in, how do we create a sense of belonging for every person? Every person feels value, their story is, is told and they feel accepted. And then path to gainful employment, vocational identity that's aimed at specific skills that kids will get that they can use right out of high school, in two year and trade, in the military and public service, or at a four year university on the path to a credential where they'll need that to have that job. And so I'm ahead of time, so I'll take a little bit more time to to go backwards in time, prior to coming to Cajon Valley, I was what was known as a turnaround principal. And starting in 2003, at the early stages of No Child Left Behind, my job was to raise test scores and get out of program improvement. We did that. We were so good at standardized testing that the state of California sent in proctors because they thought our kids were cheating. We had kids move from basic to proficient, then proficient to advanced. And for those of you that are my age, you guys are having PTSD from the No Child Left Behind language. But <laughs> watching the kids progress in standardized testing and still go into generational gangs, still get pregnant in high school, 
and not go on to pursue careers was a mismatch. So if we're successful here in standardized testing, but kids are still falling out of the system, what are we even doing? And then we met Saki in 2018. Um, Ed Hidalgo and I had partnered on a work that he'd started in Qualcomm. And I'm going to ask Ed if you mind sharing some of the Qualcomm story before you launch. Um, Ed created a one-day experience there called The World of Work. And on a field trip with my students, I saw their lives change right before my eyes. In a matter of, of eight hours, kids would come in disengaged and leave saying, this was the best day of my life. I understand why I'm in school now. And so we asked Ed if we could turn that into a comprehensive K-12 curriculum. We've done that over time. And then in 2018, I was at ASU GSV. It's a conference down here in San Diego. And Ed and I were exhibiting our world of work, our, our K-12 curriculum solution. And Saki said, what are you guys doing? I said, well, this is the world of work. And then she and Susan came and spent some time with us and said, well, I'm going to build something bigger and better than the last platform, which we were customers of. And so we said, we want in. And I'm excited for everyone here to see the transformation of what career development and literacy looks like. And let's hear first what it sounds like uh, through the voice of Sammy, one of our students who has gone through the World of Work curriculum um, from his early years. Hi, my name is Sammy and I'm from Rios and today I'm going to be shadowing Dr. Mishiro doing a level 4 simulation but, and we're going to go check out the world of work at Greenfield Middle School. Dr. Mishiro is teaching me how to be a superintendent because my future career that I wanted to be is a superintendent and we have the same rise I code. Well, and it's so, so powerful to see and hear the story and having the opportunity to work with Dr. Miyashiro truly a visionary uh, superintendent in our nation. We need more of him. So we can't have you retiring anytime soon, Dr. Miyashiro. So <laughs> please, please, um, you know, to, to build on, on his words, really, you, you, you hear Sammy in that moment, and it is about self-efficacy belief and the outcome expectations that Sammy has developed um, through this experience, through this journey, through this knowledge. And of course, as he connects that idea of self in the world and the self in his future self, um, it happens through a common language of career. And, you know, so often we as adults work at this other level uh, with a language that's not familiar to young people, to students. We exclude them from that language in many ways the Ryasek framework has been exclusionary as it relates to it being a language that's accessible for every child, every grade and every year. And Dr. Miyashiro saw the potential in the work that we were doing um, at the Thinkabit lab at, at Qualcomm and, and had this idea to bring this to scale. And so this idea of language, a common language of self in the world, is grounded in career theory, uh, a career theory that some of you may be familiar with, it may be new to some of you, but know that this typology, and that's how the, the, uh, the theorist, Dr. John Holland, uh, describes this framework of language as a typology. It's a typology to do two things. Number one, to understand self, the elements of personality, and number two, to understand work environments. And as we uh, connect those two elements of self in the world, 
we begin to develop an identity, a vocational identity, a career identity, an identity of self in the world. And so the power of this language um, is really predicated upon this idea of um, understanding that there's a place in the world for me. And at the very beginning, you know, we talked about why, Saki talked about why for every child. And this language is an opportunity for students to develop that understanding of why. Why am I here? What's unique about me? What's unique about my classmates? What are my strengths, interests, and values? Um, and how can I direct them into the world so I can do my best work, identify my purpose? So, uh, so the RIASEC, we know from research, has the highest correlation to career success, performance, and income of any of the personality measures. Um, and as we think about the strengths that each of you have, uh, that each of your students have, those strengths are embedded within each of those RIASEC themes. Uh, they tie back to elements that Dr. Miyashiro was talking about related to well-being, direct line connections to well-being, to performance, and satisfaction at work. So the power in this simple typology is the language that students are able to acquire, uh, that they're able to direct as it relates to their place in the world, um, and uh, as they begin to develop uh, interests related to uh, academic and career learning. And so that is the power of the work integrated within Beable, is that it makes these natural connections, not only for students to be able to differentiate or identify their interests, but to spend more time on task, actually reading, experiencing language, uh, through content areas that are of most interest to them. Um, and that begins the power of this language. It's a language that builds over time. It's a language that extends across the lifespan. And it's for all humans. It's for all, And it has been for over 50 years. And in the 50 years that come uh, from here uh, to the next 50, any and all careers that are identified will land within the RIASEC. So it's a powerful framework. Uh, and we're fortunate to see it embedded within the Beable platform. Thanks to Dr. Mishiro and Saki. Ed, let me ask you a question, though. I'm, I'm intrigued because Sammy introduces himself as being in the fifth grade. Yes. Is that a, do you not think that maybe that's a little early to start career planning, or are you thinking that maybe it should be earlier? What's your thoughts on that? As most nations are starting to raise concerns about uh, the grain of the, their workforce, um, the complexities about preparing young people for uh, careers of the present and of the future. We've seen wonderful examples of scholarship from around the globe over the last five years, beginning to introduce the importance of this work in specifically the primary grades. We know as young people, as soon as they leave uh, their front doors, whatever their front door may be, they gain exposure to the world of work. And research shows to us, tells us, that students begin to form self-concepts based on what they see and hear about their place in the world. It might be on their phones. It might be from their families. Uh, many of these themes might be erroneous, might be stereotyped. Um, and in that sense, we almost have a responsibility to young people to begin to have these conversations earlier on before these beliefs and understanding of self become self-limiting beliefs. Uh, beliefs that uh, lock them in or determine uh, their futures. 
without having the opportunity to really question uh, these you know, aspects of self that are incongruent, inaccurate, and not, simply not true. Students deserve the opportunity to explore with caring adults, to have conversations about who they are, who they think they might become. And when we do that, that is how we build that idea that Dr. Miyashiro talked about, self-efficacy belief, and equally important, outcome expectations. Okay. Well, and, and before we transition to the next speaker, something that we've already had a question posted by one of our, uh, uh, someone in the audience as far as how do we implement this language that you're speaking about? And, you know, David's touched on it, you've touched on it. And so that might be something that we get back to there at the end as far as giving some thought, what, you know, what was, what was part of that very intentional uh, piece as far as making sure that that language became very consistent through this journey. So. That, I, and well. before we move on, Don, I just wanted to add, you know, one of the things that's most amazing when, when I first went to visit um, Cajon Valley, I went into a, a class with four-year-olds and five-year-olds, right? And that's where, that was my first view into Ryasek and the language that was spoken in the district. And I was blown away by that. I, to me, it was incredible. You know, Ed, you didn't say how young you took it, but... Um, you know, four-year-olds, five-year-olds talking about being realistic or being about social or artistic, it was incredible to see not only could they say the words, but they knew what the words meant. And they connected those words to activities that they were doing in the classroom. And they connected those words to career possibilities. So if you talk about how young you start, I don't think there's a limit. I mean, what I saw was just mind-blowing. So you, they were already speaking the language at age four and five. Is that what you're saying? That's there what I go. saw. <laughs> yes. There you go. Yeah. Okay. We are now going to transition to Saki, who is going to walk us through as far as looking at the language that we are using at this point, Lexiles and Rysek coming together. So Saki. So for us, you know, Susan was talking about, you know, the times that, Susan and myself went to visit Ed and David, and we absolutely fell in love. And you cannot fall in love. You look at the student and they look at you straight in the eyes. They know where they're going. They're confident. And mainly, nobody feels stuck. Everybody knows that there are so many opportunities for them. And they'll figure it out, but they are not stuck. And there was something that was uh, so exciting. So when you think about EdTech and what EdTech is doing, EdTech idea is really, you know, to extend teachers, as we said, and to make it efficient. So we don't have to redo the work every year. So if we have new teachers, you know, all the work that Ed and David were doing, you know, can be transferred to new teachers and other districts can adapt and new students can adapt and new, and new parents can adapt. Why we're looking, we were looking at the data and why we were looking at the student, there were two things that came to mind. What happened to the students that are not reading at grade level? What happened to them when they're sitting in fifth grade and they just came back, came yesterday from a different country and they don't speak the language and their English is at second grade reading level? What happened to them while they're doing the World of War curriculum? They're missing out. As one student says, it's like I'm not wearing my glasses. They cannot participate in the curriculum as awesome as all the four curriculum is if I'm not reading at grade level, if I'm not, if I don't have the vocabulary, if I don't have the comprehension, I cannot be part of it. 
So again, whereas this program, the world of work is idea is equity for all and all kids, happy kids on the path to gainful employment, you know, we have to realize the literacy and not being able to read and not be able to comprehend will stop them from participating with the whole class. So there was one thing that was very much in mind besides the fact that we wanted to make sure that we have a platform that will go from the, with the student from age four to the, you know, to nursing home. They will have the ability to allow students to change their interest, to be exposed to as many jobs as possible, to understand themselves, to have parents have a place that they can actually see their child, you know, learn a record. They should be able to connect, you know, compare it, connect it with the teachers, with community. So the understanding that we need a technology, we need a platform was very clear. The understanding that we need to make sure that all kids have access to the content, all have all kids have access to the instruction was very clear for us. So we knew right away the platform will have to have Lexile, will have to have the instruction and the ability to get all kids the literacy they need to get to those jobs. The other part that was very clear is, like any other district where you get very excited about initiative, you know, some things fall down. So we were worried about if we have such excitement over the world of work, what will happen to literacy? What will happen to math? So we wanted to make sure the literacy and world of work is intertwined. That we're not losing out on literacy because we are so excited about the world of work. And we're not losing out on the world of work because we're not good at literacy. So the idea of the idea is that in 2020, we can create a platform that is multidimensional. We could use machine learning, wisdom of the crowd, to create a platform that will allow us to show all kids how the ISEC and the Lexile, what's the connection, to show kids that every job have a literacy required. There's no job that you don't need literacy, especially now after the fourth industrial revolution, that everything we use technology to communicate. So you are a plumber and you need to send a proposal. You're a mechanic, you send, you're taking a picture, you load it to the Toyota Central database, compare and contrast, follow directions. Everything we do, we use reading and writing. So how do we make sure the kids understand the literacy? As I heard from a student in ninth grade in Cajon, literacy is my dress for success. Lexile is a commodity for my job. So really the goal for us is to show every student, to expose them to as many dreams as possible, and they show them every job is a Lexile. Every job is a Lexile level that you need to get to. And you are awesome. You were born with so many gifts. You have to overcome the deficiency. So this is how much, how much, what lecture level you need to be at to be able to do that job. And connecting it, give every student their why, and make it very clear. Okay, I have to do 500 lecture. I can do it. And make students really understand what they need to do for themselves and make parents understand what they need to do for their kids. The ability to have a forecast report that could start in, you know, second grade and show every student, for every student, we know their RISEC, we know what jobs they picked. Again, we are connected to the federal database and we can show students what's the best three jobs for them. And right away, what lecture levels they are, as a level one, level two, level three, tier one, tier two, tier three, how many lecture they're missing to be at grade level, how many lecture they're missing to 
do that job that they picked. How many legs are they missing? We're working now on military. And this program doesn't stop there and say, okay, now cry about it. But the program right away, and that's what technology is all about, being efficient, right away will tell every student, every parent, how much time on task every student needs to use a solution to close a gap so they can be ready for their job. And what extra scaffolding we need to ensure to give the student. So this student may be in eighth grade, but they need more vocabulary lesson. Maybe they need more decoding, maybe fluency. And the ability to use technology to what technology, to what technology is so awesome at is to assess and then give students a path they need with the time on task and the scaffolding is what, the, what we offer. On top of it, but let me actually stop right here because you want to hear from students more than you want to hear from us. So we have a student here talking about their connection to Lexile and their career. I like the fact that the career tells you your Lexile reading level because then it make, it could let you know like where you need to be to get into that career. And with that, my goal is to get my Lexile reading level to 1,350 because that's the reading level for agencies. And I really want to get there. So how do you think you will accomplish that? What are some of the things you're trying to do for your own personal goal? Well, I'm trying to read more, learn more vocabulary words, and I think Viable really helps with that. I like the vocabulary words on there. The other part of the system and what, you know, this awesome student from uh, a district in, in Georgia is talking about is the fact that she talked about vocabulary word. The system has accelerators, what we talked about before, the ability to have more than one methodologies in the system and ensure not only that the, every student gets a just right time on task. So as you see here, Fred will get five lessons while Pat is going to get four lessons in Spanish, Kiana only two lessons. On top of it, the system is able to push to every student the right scaffolding. So if a student is reading two grades below, they will get a background information watching a video, maybe watching a video in Spanish. Maybe they'll get support. We have support in 108 languages. Maybe they'll get a vocabulary lesson, maybe a fluency lesson. That's where the system allows teachers to spend their time on connecting with the student and giving them the instruction, while the system can push the right scaffolding to every student so you could touch as many students as you would like. So one student will get five times a week, one student will get three times a week, one will get a vocabulary lesson before the lesson, one will get vocabulary and fluency and background info, one will get an extra research because they're reading above. So the ability to use a platform that will host more than one methodology and the knowledge of what methodology each student need to get them to the finishing line is what's so awesome about partnering an awesome system with awesome leaders. And what's the outcomes? So we want to share with you, we were able to get many times, five times expected gain. So as you can see here, this is by grade. You see right here the line expected gain by Lexile. As you know, Naples Lexile, Pisa is Lexile or international. And in every single gate, we're able to get double, triple, five times, and you'll see in a few minutes, even eight times uh, more than expected gain. Here you see ELS students were able to get five times expected gain utilizing the solution. We're looking at high school here, getting five times expected gain. We see here adult ed, actually we're able to get eight times expected gain. 
And the reason is, is a why. When students have their why, you told me how I can make it to the path to get employment, I can get this awesome job I really want to. You shared with me how awesome I am with the learner record, with working on the whole child. You showed me that, you know, I have so many possibilities. I'll give it time. I'll use it after hours. I'll use it on the weekend. And 65% of our kids use it at least three times a week on their own. But I'll give it to Dr. Susan Gertler. She's our chief academic officer, co-founder. And I'm just a shallow one. She will really take you through more details. Thank you, Susan. Okay. And Susan, as you set up, I want something particularly for this audience. You know, Saki went into details describing the incredible growth um, and attributed part of it to that Lexile connection. When you look at this ability to be able to forecast and then build in those scaffolding for support, what, again, what does that provide for the teacher as far as what you're going to walk us through right now as far as that will lay the foundation for teachers? Yeah, so there's no question, you know, Saki was talking at the beginning earlier about uh, the four key pillars, right? You have the learner record, the forecaster, the accelerator, and test prep. And she was describing the the forecasting tool, how it, it helps us to understand every student's gap and, and what they need to do, how many lessons they need to complete over the course of the year, what extra scaffolds they need. And then the system is also going to kick in and it's going to make sure they get everything at their level. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of going back to the idea that if we want them to be able to succeed in careers, we have to make sure that they can understand what they're reading. If they don't understand it, there's no way they're going to accelerate their reading skills. Um, so that accelerator is, is really critical for making sure that students are able to overcome the gaps that they have because we are tailoring everything to their specific needs and using the methodologies that are out there, the best methodologies that are out there in order to make sure that happens. But I want to also focus on the learner record, which is a bit more qualitative in nature, right? This is where we're getting to know the whole child, everything we can about this child so that we can help them feel whole right? To know that they're not just about their reading ability. There's so much more to each child. You know, we, we're going to know what they're interested in doing. We're going to know what they like to read about. We're going to know where, you know, what sports teams they like, where they are interested in, uh, you know, what languages they speak, what cultures they come from. And they're going to also take Ryasek and they're going to be able to tell us then what, what are the careers that are of greatest interest to them based on career exploration that will happen within Beable. They, they have it personalized very specifically to them. Not because we're telling them, oh, you're an IRC, you know, investigative and realistic and conventional, and therefore you can only do IRC jobs. But this is all about exposure. Right. We want to make sure that kids understand there are so many jobs out there that they have never heard of that tie to their interests. And why would we not want them to pursue their interests? Because again, that's the greatest predictor of job success and satisfaction. So we, we want to go toward interest. So that learner record becomes really critical because it, it's the living, breathing sense of who this child is over time. And it's a way for educators and parents to connect with their child on pieces of information that they may not have had before. So they, they might not have realized that this child had so much depth to them and they now have an opportunity to follow along and really generate conversations. And it's a way, you know, I, I think about what happened in Cajon Valley and the incredible humans that are there that are generating all of these conversations. When you try and scale something like that, you need data put on a platter for you, right? You need somebody to say, here are the data points that you can talk to these children about because otherwise they don't know where to start. 
So the data is really central to being able to have those conversations and generate the excitement and the enthusiasm that happens in your students. Now, one of the things, and I'm kind of setting us up for a student who is talking about Ryasek, um, students also begin to understand the ways that Ryasek can be used because it really transforms what's happening, not only the conversations, but teaching and learning that happens in the district really becomes transformed. So I want you to hear a little bit from um, a student who is talking about using Ryasek for grouping purposes. Um, and I'll come back to this one in just a second, which is the way of aggregating data. But I want you to hear from this student. I feel like if you work with people, every time you do a group project, you work with people who have the same Ryasek, you, it's like everybody already knows that type of way to do it. But if you work with different Ryaseks, you, you know that your way is not the only way you can find out how to do something. And there's multiple ways to figure out how to do something. So that's incredible insight coming from a middle school student who's really understanding that knowing other kids and understanding what their Ryasek is can change the way that I learn. I can listen to somebody who has my Ryasek code and I can get something from them, but I may get more from somebody who has a different Ryasek code. So it's really interesting for kids to be able to understand that Ryasek makes a difference and I can relate to another student based on their Ryasek and based on what my Ryasek is. Um, and that data, those data points for each individual student, but also aggregating up at a classroom level can really change the dynamics of what's being taught in the classroom and how it's being taught. So part of it is learning about the Ryasek information, but I can also know what are the topics that all of my kids are most interested in reading about. And I can know what careers they're most interested in following. And that will allow me to customize and personalize the instruction that I'm doing in my classroom so that I'm using it, I'm, I'm creating it based off of my students' interests. And that just makes the engagement go skyrocketing in the classroom. And just a little bit from a teacher who's going to talk about that skyrocketing of excitement. One of the things I have noticed is they really like to talk. Uh, so the noise level does go up a little bit. But for me, that means that there's constructive work going on. Uh, for my students, one of the things I noticed is my students who may be struggling with understanding or comprehending the work, they've tuned in a little bit more. So they're much more engaged, um, specifically because they're learning about something that relates to them personally and because they have a choice in what they're learning about. So their behavior has really gone up a notch, I would like to say, in terms of engagement and excitement. So that's what we're seeing where this. Uh Georgia teacher is seeing in her classroom where she's really seeing students who are not necessarily always engaged and maybe they're the struggling readers who are now showing that level of motivation because it's all tailored to their interests. And she used a word there, relevance, right? Yeah. It becomes relevant to them. And that's really what the language of Ryasek does is it can make anything <coughs> relevant to to a particular student. You can be reading about science, you can read, be reading about history, you can be reading um, a language arts lesson, and you can always make it uh, connect to students' interest in some way with the right questions and the right connection to Ryasek. Um, the other thing that we talk about, and I, I, I'm going to refer back to the question that was posed earlier, Donna, about how do you launch this, right? How do you, how do you make something like this mm -hmm. start? Um, and I think it's really important to recognize that there, it doesn't, you don't have to jump in 
and be 100% in implementing everything all at once. You can start really small. And, and the beauty of using a system that is driven by student interest is that you can start with independent learning. Kids are going to be interested in starting because it's all about them. Right there, it's all about what are, what's my Ryasek code. What are the topics that I'm interested in reading about? So it's all about individual students. And yes, we can layer on teacher instruction, and you're going to do it. It's going to happen because teachers are going to get uh, jazzed up because their kids are so excited, and it's going to happen. And and the level of instruction will will take place as well. Um, but the other aspect of hybrid learning that I want to share is this breakdown of what I'm doing online versus what I'm doing offline, the experiential learning that's taking place in the classroom. And that element of, I need to do things online because I need the system to help me accelerate. I need to be able to make sure I have the data points so that I as a teacher can use that qualitative data to drive instruction in my classroom. We can't do away with online learning. At the same time, we need that experiential hands-on learning and those human conversations to take place because those are also going to accelerate what's going on with students. So it's just uh, tremendously excited to see what's going on in the classroom. And a question, Susan, again, that because this is this is your uh, area, particularly of expertise, you know, a teacher in a classroom. How much more can they sustain? How much more can they put on their plate? There seem so many layers. So what would you say to particularly teachers that are in the audience right now? You know, it's a great question. There's there's a lot going on in schools today, um, a lot that has to be uh, taken on by, by teachers especially. Um, and that is the beauty of the independent work. So the students are going to be able to gain from that. Um, at the same time, what, you know, when, when we put the, the system together, it was all about making sure it's very clear what the next steps are and how you go about getting to those next steps so that um, easy to deploy, but also we want to make sure that it's sustainable. Um, and that sustainability comes from some level of PD, but we also want to make sure that there's on-demand learning going on mm -hmm. so that as teachers are ready, they can take on little bits and pieces and we're there to support yeah. their efforts in doing that. Um, but nothing has to be this humongous leap that takes them out of their comfort zone. They do it as they're ready for um, the next step. Susan, I want to add, if you don't mind, technology and platform are there to help, never to add any, you know, it's really the idea is that, oh my gosh, you know, if I wanted to differentiate one story to all kids, it would take me who knows how many days and here it's ready for me. But I wanted to add another piece. I could actually get to know my kids I could find out that Sammy wants to live in Chicago and Sammy likes to eat potatoes and he loves vanilla ice cream and he actually likes to color and this is the jobs that he actually wants to do. So my connection with Sammy would have taken me probably six months without the system to get to know, you know, all these pieces of information about Sammy. Now I could connect. Oh my gosh, I also like chocolate. I also like animals. I also like dogs. This makes teachers just so much easier. You always want to talk to students, you know, about positive, about, you know, before you talk about the deficiency, you want to talk about what they're awesome at. And here you have it written down. You have it in the click of a button. You get to know so much information about the student, allow you to connect 
And as a result, kids do so much for their teachers when they feel they really know, the teacher really knows them and, you know, they have the connection. So I would say this is not, you know, taking away from the teacher, but actually making their life so much easier. Which teacher does not believe that they want to know the student better? They just don't have time to ask all these questions. Yes. And how can I remember, if anybody has my memory, how can I remember that Sammy wants to live in Chicago and Susan actually likes Lego? How would I know all this, that you really are good at art and you know, and, and you like to tinker with machines? So the ability to have a system that tell me all this and actually can start making the connection and actually let me use the fact that you like Lego. Maybe I'll ask you to read about Legos. Maybe I could, you know, let me use what you like to do as part, you know, as, as, as part of my teaching. So I really think that before they take on, they will feel that things were taken away from them, that their life became so much easier. Okay. And wanting to be really conscious of time and knowing that we've got some questions that are posing here. One thing I'm going to put up here is contact information to all of her presenters, but I want to um, make sure that we acknowledge some of the questions. And again, this is for any of the panel. How have students with significant learning and behavioral needs responded to this system? Who wants to take that? I could uh, share with you. Go ahead, Susan. I will just share with your student in uh, St. Louis that we spoke to during summer school. The student was a sixth grader reading in you know, second grade reading level. And I said, how do you feel that everybody knows, you know, looking at your learner record and your uh, card, how many legs are you supposed to, you know, overcome? And she looked at me and she said, you also looked at the fact that I'm going to open four hair salons. I'm going to give jobs to so many people and I'm going to open it in Hawaii. One in, she actually knew exactly where one in Kauai, one is a big island. She knew exactly what she's going to do. She said it's 11 hour flight and 600 Lexa. So the ability to make kids feel gifted and understanding mm -hmm. that this is what I need to do. It's one more thing I need to do. As I heard Ed say, it's a language of positivity. There's so much positive about mm -hmm. me. I have to overcome the exile and they're willing to do it. They're willing to give us the time and the system automatically will give me the scaffolding. So it makes my life easier. And I would suspect that it also makes behaviors or creates a, a sort of a, uh, the ability for students to change their behavior. I think David said at the very beginning, it's amazing when joyful things they learned at school during their day can transform as far as these youngsters. Here's another I also question. Think it I think it changes also the way that um, educators view students and interact yeah. with students. The conversations change because they come from that positive focus as opposed to you're a struggling student. It's all about the positivity. It changes the relationship between that teacher and student. Absolutely. Can students reassess later as they get older to see if their types change? Ed, what do you think of that? Well, fortunately, the, the Beable platform is very flexible where students can reassess on a regular basis. And naturally, through the implementation and through watching students interact with the platform, uh, we, we've watched them do that. Um, so they aren't uh, boxed in. It's not a deterministic process. They're not labeled or tracked. Uh, they really have the agency to uh, reassess, to uh, re-enter their uh, preferences towards the different themes within the platform, 
and it makes for a very student-driven um, process versus I think what you find a lot of times where it's a one-and-done process. That isn't the case within uh, the Beable platform. And so, it, as you even said earlier, as far as it's exposure and opportunities too, so that might even, as, as students mature, see something that uh, they might not have even considered. Yeah, I would say that the the benefit is that students are able to turn the gears, so to speak, be, um, in that they tinker regularly uh, with, uh, you know, their maybe less preferred themes. Potentially, they'll have access to those themes, and I, and that's really what you what you want, especially in the early grades, is for students to have the opportunity to try other uh, things on, uh, experiences, uh, and read, uh, you know, from their differentiated interests. And when they do that, they actually become more clear uh, of what their interests are. Um, and that's what then drives them to, to gain more access uh, to, to reading and literacy opportunities that are aligned to those interests. So that's the power of the process. Okay. And, and again, the, one of this, I think we've mentioned this several times, but again, just to underscore one of the questions, how can a district or school leaders get involved with the language of RISEC? Get in touch with David and Ed? Or not be able. Uh, <laughs> and, and I, mean, I wanted again, to, uh, go ahead. Then I wanted to, to jump for a second to uh, talk about an awesome uh, idea that uh, Charlotte Meghead, and the idea is that you could start from home. Yes. You know, which parents does not want to know what the Alexa level their child is? Which parents does not want to know the interest, to understand interest, strength, mm -hmm. and value, to understand what's possible for their child? So you could start from home and say, you know what, parents, you'll get to know what the kids' Alexa, what's their uh, strengths, interest, and value, and they can start reading at home. So the ability to start at home is actually wonderful. And especially after the pandemic, it's so important to make sure we share with parents. You know, you can help overcoming the, the gap here that we all had due to the pandemic. And Saki, with that comment, too, this again, so people will know, you know, again, this is a lot of professional development, professional learning. Uh, and so much has changed in the last three to four years. Where is Be Able as far as when you partner with a district? Is it something that you go in the initial training or are you there as a you know long-term partner? We as a partner, we will, you know, we feel, you know, part of the family. So we look at usage, we're there online, we're there on site, we're there for the parents, we are definitely there for the student because we have one goal and it's all kids on the path to gainful employment. So we do whatever it takes and we are honored to partner with districts. Again, contact information's here. Um, you know, there's so much wisdom as far as with our panelists today, and there's so much more that we share. Some final comments from each of you as far as what you wish you'd said or if someone had asked. David, let's start with you. Is there any final comments? I think for, for everybody that's tuning in, the conversations that I've had that have driven the most change and positivity in our district were with non-educators. The city manager, the police chief, the mm -hmm. local chamber, um, parents, people that we don't usually engage in the conversation of what should we do. Educators, we've been in school our entire lives. We went K to 12, we went got a credential, and we went back to school. We never left the school system. So that some of the best knowledge is outside of the system, and we need to ask others what they think about what we should be doing in the name of public service and education. Absolutely. And we've brought honor back to work 
in the labor force and career. So thank you for that. Ed, any final thoughts or comments that you wish you had shared? I would just say that based on what I've experienced, um, there is so much talent within our schools and you already know that, but this language of Ryasek, it's amazing how students um, want to step forward and reveal um, the things that they'd hope the adults would be asking them about their, their deepest interests, their hope for their future possible selves. Um, it's a language that really accelerates possibilities for students. And that's what's exciting about this work. Susan, final thoughts? Actually, I would build on what Ed said. I, uh, you know, I was thinking about that as well. And I think the, the value of it is it really helps to build student agency. They take ownership over their futures. They, they are excited to know that they have the ability to impact their own futures. Um, and we have to build on that. Saki. It's just an honor to be able to create a system that will listen to what Ed is saying, what David is saying, what other educators are telling us that kids need and make it happen. So for us, it's really being able to do that. I want to thank you for our panelists for providing not only engaging, but relevant use of topic today. And again, we're seeing many of the comments coming through from our attendees. Thank you uh, for joining us. And with that, we wish everyone a great afternoon or a great evening, depending on where you are. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this EdWeb podcast. If you'd like to receive a CE certificate, you must watch the video recording. Recordings and quizzes can be found in the EdWebinar archives. Please visit home.edweb.net slash podcasts for more information.